Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is none other than Mark Victor Hansen. Mark Victor is best known as the co-author for the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and brand, setting world records in book sales with over 500 million books sold. Startup Nation, if you are an aspiring author, a seasoned author, a struggling author, Shut off everything else that you got running on your devices right now and open up your ears, but more importantly, open up your mind to what Mark is about to teach us today. Today, he is going to teach you how to fast write your book and make a fortune. So we're going to discuss that today. Mark, uh, you can find at markvictorhanson.com. That's markvictorhanson.com. Mark, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, first of all, I loved every part of it. And, and what happened is I did write a book and we do have a lot of stuff, but it is you have a book in you because everywhere I've traveled, seven, I've talked to 7 million people in 80 countries around the world and they all come up to me and say, I got a book in me. And they do have a book in them. And my goal is to pull it up because when you write a book, you define yourself, you refine yourself, and you confine yourself to being enormously focused on something for a short time, but that's only 10% of it. The first, you gotta have an excellent book, like we did Chicken Soup of the Soul, like you said, and sold a half billion, but that's called a good start. Then you gotta market, self-promote, and sell, and just be so focused that you're gonna tenfold or hundredfold yourself, which I've done, but I've taught hundreds if not thousands of others to do the same. And I want to help share all the secrets with everybody listening today. Mark, let me ask you this right out the gate. Why did you feel the need to write this book? How are you looking to impact the world through this book of teaching others how to get their stories out to the world? I think it has a multiplicity of answers, like everything I do, because I'm a polymath, but which means I've got a very variegated interest. But I think when people write, they start to read more. And when they read more, they think more. And when we think more, we start to become thought leaders. And right now, 4 billion, half of the world population of 8 billion cannot read. They are literally illiterate. Whether I've been to Africa, to the Maasai warriors, dung huts, I've been all through India. I lived there for a while, right? There's great poverty. I've been through all of China and there's half the population in China cannot read. They're not part of the literacy equation. And today we can bring everybody back in the literacy equation 
and each one teach one, each one reach one. And the minute you start to write, you say, how do I expand my marketplace, which is what we're going to talk about big time, you and I said before we started. And how do we expand it? Because we, in a decade, we could include pretty much of the 4 billion people that can't read. And my parents were Danish illiterate people. They came in the 30s to America, and there was no ESL. English is a second language. English, Russian, Iraqi, and um, uh, what else? And uh, Iranian, Persian are the hardest four languages. Mm. So what I just heard you say is that the work that you're doing has a massive ripple impact throughout the world and you see it clearly and that's what lights that fire in your soul. Is that correct? Totally. Because look, I've got to, I've become rich, of course, you know, you sell a half a billion books and do a billion dollars of licensing stuff. You do really well. But the point is my real legacy is helping others transform to fulfill their destiny. And everyone's got a destiny and part of the destiny is writing and part of that, the next book we've got coming behind that is Speed Write Your Autobiography in 22 Minutes a Day and be 90 day, in 90 Days Be Done. Because wouldn't you like to know what your great-great-grandparents thought, said, felt, how they were married, what diseases they might have that may come through your genetic lines? Wouldn't that be fascinating? I think it would. And I think the Bible speaks to that. You cannot, a man cannot know where he's going if he doesn't know where he came from. And so many of us are leaving behind our roots, previous generations, right? We're growing up in fatherless homes and we have no lineage. We have no lineage, which means we have no foundation. Of course, we're all searching for our purpose if we have no identity and who the heck we are. Well, just hitting on that, which I didn't expect you to go that direction, is it to fulfill your potential, you got to know what your purpose is. And, and what it says in Genesis 1.28 is we're created in the image and likeness. And all that before that was created. Therefore, I say we got two C's. Number one, we're here to create, and that includes books. And number two, we're here to contribute. And then Jesus said, you know, the big guy, they're asking him at the Last Supper, okay, boss, what is it we do to become great? He said, the greatest amongst you is servant of all. Now, you asked me, and, and, and because we're both men of spirit, I'm telling you that it, it behooves us to share. And the best thing is an idea from Monine to the second mind is better often in the second mind than the first. I studied, I, when I was doing the book, Starting Chicken Soup, I interviewed the 101 best-selling fiction people and 101 best-selling um, non-fiction authors. I didn't ask them how to write. I knew how to write. What I asked them is, how did you market so many books? And you said, give me the people takeaways. They got to do the same thing. But listening to me is just one. You got to listen to everybody. And I obviously interviewed everything from James Mitchner, the guy who wrote Hawaii and all those great books. I did the last interview with him to Scott Peck. And Scott Peck was number one, 58 weeks in a row, had gone to Harvard with Jack, had wrote Road Less Travel. And he was number one. We waited out his name. We put Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup of the Soul. We uh, put little colored pictures around it. We put it on a mirror at my office, Jack's office, my home and Jack's home. So we own the concept because it's one thing to say I'm an author. It's the next thing to say the next iteration up of declaration is I'm a best-selling author because what, what God says is whatever you add to I am, you become instantly and constantly. So if you say I'm poor, right? It says, let the weak say I am uh, strong or let the poor say I am rich. I'm saying you got to, if you're a non-author becoming an author, you got to say, I'm an author. And then if you're going to be an author, you know, I did the best-selling set of tapes at Nightingale Conan at one time ever called How to Think Bigger Never Thought You Could Think. And I say, if you're going to think, why not think big? God gave you, right? I mean, the whole prayer of Jabez is three things. Bless me, O Lord, a lot. 
expand my territories, not contract them, expand them. So you can source, serve, help more people, and then keep me from evil while I'm doing it. Don't let me sell my soul to the devil. Man. Did I over-answer that too much for you, Joseph? No, that was good. And Startup Nation, as you can see, Mark Victor Hansen speaks fast, like me, and he's starting to speed up my language because sometimes <laughs> I have other guests that speak slow, so I kind of mirror my guests. So we're going to pick up the pace here because I'm going to meet Mark right where he is. Follow along, click replay, pause where needed, take notes. We're going to get into uh, executable uh, tips and strategies for your book and marketing your book. So Mark, uh, first off, I want to go where you just alluded to, which is mindset. We need to shift our mindset. And I'm, I'm going to be your guest for a second and, and be vulnerable because my mindset, I just finished writing a book because I'm sitting here during pandemic and, and uh, it was clear in my quiet time with God in the morning time that he did not want me out going out chasing new clients, chasing new business. It was a time of rest and a time of surrender, which I had to fight everything inside of me, which is the doer and the go-getter and the fixer and problem solver and just surrender to his will and wait, right? So as I'm doing that, I'm like, well, God, can I at least write a book? If I'm not out chasing sales, can I just write a book or something? And he gave me the go ahead on that. So here I am, I just finished the manuscript literally yesterday. So this is a very timely show. And I have two choices in front of me the way I see it. One, I could go the route I did earlier, which is self-publish when I didn't have a name or a brand or a popularity or a platform, which failed miserably. I'll just be real with you. The book's still sitting there. It sold some copies, but I just didn't have the, the gusto to go out there and market the heck out of that thing. Or number two, I could go with a traditional publisher, right? Who has the distribution channels in place, will help with the marketing. But the mindset, right? I'm in your book. You have a book inside of you. And I'm reading the chapter uh, or the section called Marketing Your Book because that's all I want to know. How do I market my book? How did Mark do this, right? And my listeners saying, asking the same thing. And I'm reading it and it's not what I want to hear. What you wrote is not what I want to hear because you're writing in your book in such a high energy, inspirational way of, I have to expand my mindset. Like you were just talking about, not only visualize my book being a bestseller, but actually visualize my book on the New York times bestselling number one list, right? So that's like one level deeper of visualization so that my mind can believe it, hang that on my mirror. So I see it multiple times a day. I fall asleep with those thoughts in my head, et cetera. Perfect. But then even more than that, I have to go out and become a marketing and selling machine of my book. That's what I didn't want to hear. <laughs> I'm being anyway. real. And I can tell you right now, my listeners, they don't want to be out marketing and selling their books. Why do you think that is? And how do we get past that mindset? Okay, well, here's why you got, let me give you a first reason why you got to get past it. And then I'll give a second, a third. But the first reason is that publishers are basically giant printing presses that have some access to get books into bookstores, but you never get paid unless you market, sell and self-promote and maximize yourself because, you know, you've just been the front end of promotion. 
right? Obviously, I don't know anything about Moses, but when he wrote all those chapters in the Old Testament, he was obviously out hustling to two million people and got them to buy it. And then, you know, a guy named Gutenberg really made it leverage. And then, you know, a lot of us, a lot of ministers, priests, and rabbis, and Rinpoche's have, have leveraged it more. So number one is a, traditional publishers are not going to distribute. Number two is that, that current realities, we got to deal in what's true today. Bookstores aren't paying their bills because they've been closed for seven or eight months, and that breaks my heart. Right? By the way, I love bookstores. As you look in my back here, I've touched or read some part of 50,000 books because everybody sends me their books, and I autograph them and endorse them and all that. And I'm very thankful to do that, uh, you know, if I can help. And, and I, you know, everyone says, well, I want to spend two minutes with you, and you just tell me how to do it. And that's why I had to write this book right? You have a book in you, which if you go to my website, uh, depends on when it's released, you get it for $7 electronically, and we give you $150 of other stuff I want you to have, like from blank page to bestseller and stuff like that, because I've just been, I didn't stop writing. Once you get it in your mind, and that's why what you said other, I want to hitchhike in everything you've said, and I don't recognize that I talk fast, so forgive me, but everyone can listen to this multiple times. Space repetition is the only way mother taught you. Don't slam the door, right? Right? When you left the house, you, so you heard it a thousand times from mom. Well, you need to listen to this tape 10 or 20 times, if you don't mind my saying so, or podcast. Um, so the publisher won't do it. The bookstores aren't selling. Therefore, you got to figure out how you're going to climb the Amazon list. And, and the way to do that, one of the ways is like what we're doing right now is do podcasts. First, you do others and build up a million names. And that's the, pretty much the theory. And I can say that's true of everybody from Grant Cardone, to Joe Rogan, to, you know, and then ultimately you do your own podcast. That's my recommendation. Now you've already got a podcast. So I'm thankful. So I'm, I'm let's say you got 10,000 people, suddenly 10,000 people are listening to me and that's more than you could get in an audience. When Dr. Canfield and I travel around doing audiences, I mean, usually there are 500 or a thousand and a couple of them, 15,000, 138,000. And I had to sign books for 12 and a half hours, but those don't exist because we're shut down right now. And my, I love your opinion, but Unfortunately, I, I think we should open up right now for a whole assortment of reasons, but that's not today's topic. But I don't think we're, you know, based on what I'm seeing on TV and watching the news, we're not going to open up until summer of 2021, which breaks my heart. Although some people are pushing the edge of the envelope right now, like uh, Grant Cardone has got 80,000 people come to a seminar because everybody wants to go to meetings. Okay. Did that answer your question? Why you got to self-publish and stay self-published? Why would you give half, number four, why would you give half of it away to the publisher? Because they're going to take the first half and they so, can't do anything that you can't do alone on Amazon today if you promote. I, okay. And I think that's part of my, my mindset uh, inefficiency right now is that I'm still attached somewhere to the old traditional model of book publishers with massive distribution channels into all the bookstores. But I think you just kind of like smacked me upside the head with reality and said, Joseph, that's how it was maybe 10 years ago, maybe even five. That's not what we're looking at today. Today, in seven months, you, we've changed everything. Yes. So today, as an author, you are your own publisher distribution channel network. So there's no other way around it unless you're going to sit on your temporarily. temporarily, right? So that puts all the ownership and responsibility on me. First off, I don't like that. I'm well, being no one wants it. I but don't like right. it. But you're a breakthrough guy, so you could do it. And then number five is even when Jack and I got health communication to take us down Deerfield Beach, Florida, 
and they were going bankrupt at the time. They're $17 million upside down, which we found out after we sold so many books, we bailed their butts out, is that Jack and I spent 180 grand each on publicity. And I wrote down, when I interviewed those people, they said, who's the best publicist and at the time? It was a lovely woman named Arielle Ford. And when I went to her, just so you know, this is an, a continuous effort. You know, you got to decide to do ass-busting behavior. I mean, Wayne Dyer told me that, and I thought, oh, my gosh, Wayne, you know, I thought you just care. I carried in the books for you. You sold all of them, and it was easy. No, you're thinking all the time and selling around the clock. But uh, Ariel Ford was doing him and Deepak and all these greats that were number one at the time, Debbie Ford. And so she wouldn't meet with me. And so I call up Dr. Harold Bloomfield, who is number one at off and on, a psychiatrist who I befriended. And he said, I'll get you in, but you got to be willing to pay her. And so finally she called me back and says, okay, I'll take it, but you got to send me five grand in advance. And then, you know, we went and started working with her, but it was hard to get the best publicists don't want to work with nobody because they don't know you're going to be somebody and be bigger than them. And you got to have more energy, more gusto, more guts, more verve, more vitality, more courage is strength of heart, right? That's why I wrote the book Ask with my wife, because you've got to be willing to ask absolutely everybody to buy, even if you don't think they have any money. Mm. How do you know it's the right book for you to put all that energy behind and not the next book or the next book after that with all those book ideas you got circulating? And I'm speaking on behalf of my audience right now. Well, first of all, you got to make the one you got, you know, dance with the one you're with is the old song, right? And, and like, but when Jack and I got turned down 144 times, I'm talking at a church with 5,000 people in Kansas City at Overland Park, the rich part of Kansas. And uh, I did, a, forgive me for saying it, but I did a really good sermon. This guy wrote a letter. I would have forgotten this a guy named Charlie Green. We put it in our ask book because the letter was so cute. And he said, I couldn't believe it. You did this talk. And then you said, look, I got this manuscript called Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I want you to do two things. We've been turned on by 144 people. No publisher wants it. I want all of us, 5,000 of us, to pray together that this is going to sell. And they all did. And they said, and then next thing, I've passed out a coupon. I don't want you to not tithe. I want you to put down your credit card. I will not process it until we find a publisher to buy this book. But when we do, you're going to be one of the first copies, and Jack and I will sign the book to you. So you'll have a signed autographed copy of the original book. And he said, Charlie said, I couldn't believe it. First of all, we all loved listening to you. But then he said, you blew our mind by asking us to buy it. And he said, dang, if everybody didn't do it. He said, that day I became an usher. I just was so enthralled. <laughs> I went out and collected those. So I, I gave you a stack this high. He said, I said, I, I never heard anybody so bold. So I'm like we taught and ask, you've got to be a bold asker. And, and that's what Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be answered. Knock. This is pretty good sales training, don't you think? I definitely I think so. Before, but I got to think it's true. Absolutely. And also he said, believe as if it's already happened. Yeah, by the way, that's the other thing. That's why when I said you go to bed at night saying, who am I going to sell tomorrow? Who am I going to sell tomorrow? Who's going to buy my book? Mega bestseller, mega bestseller, mega bestseller. And when Jack and I wanted the right title for the book, because title is everything. It's the first thing I teach in the book. First, I say, why do you have to write a book? 101 reasons. So you got the gusto to do it because you got to have your destiny is to be a best-selling author. Everyone listening, you can do it. There's 7,000 best-selling New York authors per year. When you really understand there's 15 lists, there's not one list. There's not just fiction, nonfiction. What I owned was the oversized trade, which most of you say, well, what's oversized trade? Well, look at my fat books. Nobody was in that market except myself and Dr. Steve Covey, who was a dear friend. And we would push each other to compete at the beginning. And then I 
eclipsed them because we decided, look, God wants you to maximize your potential, not minimize it. And when you're done, you don't want to look back and say, boy, I could have done that book and that book and that book and sold them and helped millions of people. But no, I was too shy. I was too introverted. Introversion, shyness, uh, lack of self-esteem, all comes out of, you got to overcome your unworthiness and say, hey, wait, I'm worthwhile and I'm going to find my audience. I'm going to find my niche to grow rich. Somebody out there wants, needs, and desires what I got. And if I don't open up and flap my jaws, I lose, they lose, the world loses. I think part of my limiting belief system and maybe yours, Startup Nation, is that we're not thinking big enough and we're not seeing clearly enough the win, the victory of being a a world-class best-selling author. And I'm just going to put money attached with this, of making a fortune, of selling 100 million books, retiring rich, not losing your soul in the process. I'm a big fan of that, obviously. But (laughs) I think, I think, Mark, my own limiting belief system, the reason why I don't want to do the bleeping work behind marketing my book is because I'm thinking too small of the end result and what I'm going to gain. And is it even worth it? So that puts this feeling of, well, why even try? right? Get someone else to do it possibly. But what if I said, you know what? I want to be like Mark Victor Hansen. You know what? I want to do a whatever, half a million dollars in royalties, right? And I, and I want to be out there on stages with my book as my platform. Right. And I want that life. And you say it very well in the book. I forgot your actual wording, but pretty much if retirement looks like being happy and with leisure, then you've already have that at age 74, you're going to 127 is the age you're shooting for. Right. And it's like, you're telling me that one book inside of me, one book inside of my listener right now can literally create that life of wealth and blessings financially, healthy relationships, dancing with the kings of this world. You're telling me I, that can happen from one book inside of me? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I had sold. Remember, the first book I sold was Stand Up, Speak Up, and Win. It's right there behind me. And, you know, I sold 20,000 copies from a platform at $10, made $200,000, tripled my income in 1974. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. And I, did, I said, this isn't a New York Times bestseller, not an international bestseller, not a national bestseller, but it's my bestseller. Every one of you can use that exact line. And there's plenty of room out there. And, and the other thing, from a spiritual point of view, Charles Tremendous Jones, who sold 100 million books almost a year that were, um, he just wrote forwards to uh, public domain books like As a Man Thinketh by James Allen and that and, and all of the religious stuff. And he'd sell them from the platform at the giant Amway meetings that he and I did around the world. And, and Charlie said, hey, Mark, what you got to understand is your book and you are probably the only Bible most people would ever read. And because I was told I couldn't outsell the Bible, as, as you know, I did a, a, a chicken soup for this old Bible, which my publisher said, oh, that'll never sell. So I, I had to find another publisher to take it. I found a publisher to take it and we sold 70,000 a week at Walmart, right? It is just, it's amazing. Once you get one going, then I want all of you to prequel and sequel because you're, listen, John 10, 10, you're, I'm here that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You're not supposed to have holes in the soles of your shoes, holes in your pockets. And, and I grew up in poverty. So I only had one pair of blue jeans, wash them on Monday and Thursday and that was it. 
right? Until I was nine. Then I started buying my own clothes and I started progressing. And I said, look, I, I love my parents. They're most wonderful, but they have a poverty mindset. I don't have a poverty mindset. I got a rich mindset and I really learned how to master it. And every one of us, if you, I encourage you to go to my website, like you said, markvictoranson.com, watch the videos, stay encouraged because you're going to have plenty of rejection. It, you know, the, the number one movie maker in the world who I interviewed in our book, Ask, Peter Goober, who's 50 Academy Awards for Rocky and Batman and, you know, Lauren, Lorenzo of Arabia and all those movies. And I, I am the greatest. Peter said to me, he said, you're so dyslexic. And you're so good at taking rejection. You think no means on. <laughs> so wow. the point is you get rejected, but then there's now we'll, we should probably talk about bypass marketing. If that's what you, you cause you said, let's concentrate. I'll do anything you want. You ask the next Let's question. go. Let's go there. Speak to that specifically. Okay. So there's always a market. That's the most important thing to brand into your brain. Say there's always a market for what I've got to sell. All you got to do is go into your e deep inner knower and say, oh, look, God in me, where is the market for me right now, tomorrow, so I can start selling those books, you know, hundreds at a time, thousands at a time, hundreds of thousands at a time. And what is that market? Well, um, the American Red Cross was out of blood and, and Liddy Dole said, hey, uh, we don't have any blood. And I said, well, how soon do you need it? She said, yesterday. I said, uh, well, let's go to medical doctors because they see blood and guts from car accidents and all that every day. They said, we tried that. The 570,000 medical doctors back then said, no dice. I said, well, okay, I'll get it for you. And then and a week later, I trained in four marketplaces, one of which was chiropractic. And I trained at all the universities. I got three honorary doctorates of my 10 in chiropractic. That's one of the things you'll get. You'll get a lot of recognition as a best-selling author. And it's fun to do graduations and cheer on 12,000 graduates at a time couple of different places. Anyhow, so um, I went to the chiropractor. I said, look, call 800-GIVE-LIFE. Bring a blood mobile out. There's no such thing as pseudo blood. Get every patient that's inactive over three months for, for an adjustment or an activator and give them a free adjustment if they give a pint of blood and just send out a letter. And we wrote a form letter and they sent it out to 25 million patients. In two weeks time, we had a year and a half of cryogenically frozen blood. Now, let me go backwards and unwrap it. A negative times a negative in mathematics is a positive right? And, and the chiropractors had just had their insurances stolen from them. The, the plan in government was no more money for chiropractors. So they're all going bankrupt. So I said, look, you guys, I'll bring back all your patients. I'm going to teach you how to do a cash practice, but I need you to give blood for the American Red Cross because they're out of blood. And if it's your kid that goes to the hospital, you could be rich, famous, the best doctor in the world and have a medical doctor friend. If there's no blood in the inn at the hospital. They're called dead. And they all went for it and, and we got the blood, but I sold a million and a half books in one month. It's called bypass marketing. No, they didn't go through bookstores. They came straight through us. We handed out a little three, a sampler with three of our stories to everybody that gave blood. And, and in two weeks time, a million and a half books went boom, right up, up to the top. It was amazing. It was a chicken soup for the soul three that I'd, I'd created and I wrote most of the stories for. So what I'm hearing you say is that you took uh, an industry or a niche that was struggling, you, you saw their pain point, you saw what they needed, the chiropractic, they lost their business. And then you looked at another one over here, another negative, 
the red cross, they're out of blood. So you took two negatives, you introduced them together, you created a new possibility around it, threw yourself into the mix, created a positive, not just for both of them, but for yourself as well. And you're, you're challenging my listener right now to do the same. Where do they start looking for those types of big ideas? Because you're obviously seasoned at this. You, you have momentum on your side. It's no big deal for you to come up with this big revolutionary idea. But for my listener who's never done it before, you remember back when you did it the first time and you were scared shitless and you're just sitting there like, this isn't going to work. What am I even doing? Right? Anyway, I'm still scared. Okay. I got to go find one person to go buy a million copies of this book. So, uh, and, and we think maybe we figured it out and I can go there at the end. How's that? Because I still got two more models I got to teach. But let me answer your question. Every one of you is going to be scared. But ladies and gentlemen, let me first of all give my metaphor of, of you know, you, this book, The One Minute Millionaire, which I recommend you read, is a butterfly. It's the universal symbol of freedom. And I'd encourage you to read it if you want to become a millionaire because I say there's one right, perfect, easy, acceptable way for everyone to be one. And I don't care which way you do it, but I'm going to create a million millionaires. I'm pretty close to having done that. That's a trillion dollars that one guy created with one book series. The point I'm making, though, is that everyone starts out as a caterpillar, right? But you can't look at caterpillar, your little self, your inner ego-driven self, and predict that you're going to be in a cocoon. But what did you tell us, Joe? You, Joseph, you said, I've been in a cocoon. And God said, don't go do what you've been doing. Write the book. That's what you do in a cocoon. You write the book but we're all ready to break out of the cocoon and become high flying butterflies. We're about to exit the chrysalis. We're about to go to highness. And that's what this is. I'm here to be a gadfly to say, Hey, wait a second. Everything comes out of the cocoon. Every depression comes major stuff in 1898 where America's bankrupt and depressed. We created the automobile in the cocoon, a little guy named Henry Ford dripping, um, you know, made it internal combustion engine, a guy named, Alexander Graham Bell, ringy-dingy phone, which is morphed again with jobs, of course. The, the next one was electricity by a guy named Mr. Edison. And the last one was two guys in a bicycle shop say, hey, wait a second, we're in a cocoon, but I really think man was meant to fly. Now, their father was a minister, as you know, and said, hey, boys, if man was meant to fly, he'd be born with wings. You remember that line? Right? The point is, every one of you needs to write because writers get us out of depressions. Writers get us out of cocoons. In 1898, the guy wrote um, Science of Getting Rich, Wallace Wallows. In the Depression, the guy did all the fireside chats for FDR. is one of my heroes, Dr. Napoleon Hill, wrote Think and Grow Rich, came out in 1937 and got us out. I'm writing to get us out of this one, right? And I wrote, and if you go to my website, you get it free, how to be up and down times. And I say, look, we're going to do $50 trillion. I'm asking you to write everything you've written. And I'm also going to ask you to write three or four, or I write 12 books at a time because you can't have writer's block on all books at the same time. That is awesome. Thank you for that clarification because I thought there was something wrong with me because I have three to four manuscripts going at the same time right now. And I'm like, well, this is obviously a lack of focus. I should just pick one, right? And stick with it because that's what the, all the experts say. And you're telling me that you, Mark Victor Hansen, one of the best-selling book authors in the world, in the history of the world, broke all the book records that you have multiple projects, book projects running at once simultaneously so that when you feel uninspired in one, you go over to this other one and you are inspired. Is that about that's right? It. That's why I've written 309 bestsellers because I write on a lot of stuff 
And, and beyond that, some stuff's more important because when you're writing, you're going to have flashes, just like what we taught you when we did the interview on asking, which I'd asked everyone to go back to, you'll have illumination, insight, wisdom, and all of a sudden God in you will say, hey, wait a second, Joseph, this is really important, but you could write just a mini book here and it would help so many people right now because everybody is in the same do. Everybody is in the, do you know the term doldrums? When, when you're, I'm a sailor and when you're a sailor, even a windsurfer, which I am, is it, you know, which is really good on your body. Is it, is it uh, when you're windsurfing, um, you know, you, the dead winds, you can't paddle that damn thing in. You're two miles out of sea out in Kona, Hawaii. You're going, I'm going to die if that wind doesn't come back. The point is we're in a doldrum and the way out of the doldrum is for you and I to write our way out because here, here's the biggest principle, which I hope I put in the book, but Plato said, whoever controls the narrative controls the world. Whoever controls the story controls their own life. Whoever controls, you know, the thinking controls the future. So do I want to have an impact? Yeah. Do I want to have you all lead of a legacy? Yeah. Do I want to have a legacy where I help you transform into the full potential because you're going to be passionately on purpose about writing? And, and what am I doing? I'm holding up the mirror for you to look at your little self and say, hey, wait a second. You don't have to have self-worth. All you got to believe is that God in you has self-worth and you can go out and do miracles. And, you, and I did write a book called The Miracles in You. But you and I are here to do books that you can't even imagine yet. So one thing before we shift into tactical and practical tips and strategies, Mark, I noticed a little earlier that you held up your book, you promote a book, and that's one of your, your strategies in your book. You have a book inside of you uh, that you learn from other greats. Uh, that they always had a book in their, their hands wherever they traveled. They would hand them out as free copies, do an autograph signing or whatever, and then say, hey, if there's anybody else you know, like tell them about this book. And they always were pitching their book at all times. And you just did it on my show. I actually caught that because I read the chapter yesterday. Otherwise, I would have missed that. Uh, Zig, anything you want to add around like that? He, he had a book called See You at the Top. And Zig would go like this for one hour of his seminar and he'd walk out at the end of the seminar and, they, and you know, he and I did seminars together and he'd sell 10,000 books. And I thought, wow. I, so I started doing it and I said, the story of chicken soup is in this book. And then I started doing it like this. And pretty soon people bought them. And, you know, and I sold more than 100% of the audience, which most guys say, well, I just showed it once because I just don't want to be intimidating. Wait a second. That guy's going to take it home. And if you're really smart, you don't sign it to one. You say, Joseph, Give me the name of your wife. And, and by the way, what are your kids' names? I want four or five, six readers. I don't want just you. I want you to have pass along value. I want you guys to think bigger than you ever thought you could think. And like I said, you could go back and at Audible and Nightingale County, you got those tapes, how to think bigger if you want. But let me do one more uh, big story. So on marketing, if I could, I got two more for you, three actually, but we, you got to look for somebody that's got a problem. And, and I had 300, uh, 87 employees at my Zenith and most of the women were working for us all had their kids at boys and girls clubs, you know, and um, we we're running a hundred million dollar company and, and uh, they were telling me that the boys and girls clubs were out of money. So I said, Oh God, uh, they said, will you help them do a fundraiser? I said, absolutely. So their biggest charity was, was Coca-Cola. So I got to the head of Coca-Cola long story short, and there were some other people in it, but I'm going to give you a distillate is Coca-Cola, we did a test, and people who drink Coca-Cola don't read books. 
went, oh boy. People who drink Diet Coke read books. So we said, why don't we put it on the side of Diet Coke? And we did our book, Chicken Soup of the Romantic Soul, next to a fiction book by our friend Nora Roberts, who's, she is just out of sight. She does a formulaic, but she is so prolific. Back to your question two questions ago. She writes six or eight books at the same time and finishes four. She writes 55. She doesn't even type. She can't even compute. She says, I don't know if that's true, but she says she writes longhand 55,000 words flawless a week on a yellow pad, which is half of, you know, 80,000 words makes a book. And because she could write so much, she had to write under four pseudonyms like J.D. Rock. Anyhow, I can go through all of it. I got all that memorized because these are friends. But we did our two books on 50 million Diet Coke cases a month. Now you say, wait a second, that's not a bookstore. What are you doing? <laughs> it is a perfect bookstore because it's free advertising. Coca-Cola was glad to do it. We tithed on, because I teach, I wrote a book called The Miracle of Tithing, which you go to my website, you get that free. Because I want everyone to learn out. I sell more books because I tithe than most people don't. But we were on the side and we raised enough money between Nora's book and our book to get 15,000, into boys and girls clubs, which, it, look, you and I started this thing before we all opened it. There's too many latchkey kids. And I'm saying one of the places left, in my experience, I hope all the boys and girls clubs are still great places to go. I don't know. I don't have, you know, I've only got grandkids that go to have good parents, but because we've trained our kids right, I hope. Anyhow, um, yeah, I want everybody to be a good parent. See, because once you start fulfilling your potential as an author, you say, well, can I fulfill my potential as a parent? Can I fill my potential to be physically fit? Like I was out exercising hard for an hour this morning. And you start to do all the dimensionality of your life, which is what writing is really about is discovering the inner you that's going to be the bigger you that, you know, the God inspired you. So the outward expression of the inner you, that is your book, right? Yeah. It's, it, that's the wings. That's the butterfly. All right. I want to shift for a second. Wait, definition. Thank you. You're welcome. So you pretend with me for a moment. Imagine you are not Mark Victor Hansen, the great author. You're just MV Hansen who's just starting out listening right now to my show. You're on the other end of, of this microphone. And you've never written a book, but you're believing this, that there's a, there's a book inside of you. You've never marketed and done big types of new possibilities like, like what you're hearing right now on the show. You're starting out all over again. How would you, MV Hansen, unknown author, market your first, market and sell your first 100,000 copies. See how I plugged my own show, first 100K? Your first 100K copies of your book. How would you do it? Give me three uh, first action steps you would take. Okay. First of all, I'd fast write just the first chapter of your book. And then I'd pick number two, the market that you're going to go to. And like I did life insurance audiences, some you know, small as six people, and then they got bigger to 10, and then 20. And then uh, I started in NASA, Long Island, New York, and went to Suffolk, and then Manhattan. And I was doing four or five of those meetings a day. And I sold the book at every place, just like I said, the first time I sold it, I was in New Jersey, at, when I had uh, stand up, speak out and win. And I sold 37 copies, I got $370 cash. And I, w I just went out of there. I didn't walk out, man, I floated out. I thought, I've hit my superpower, baby, if I can do this. And then, you know, over the next three years. All right, let me pause you right there. 
which is not something I wanted to do with Mark Victor Hansen. That's okay. But, you can pause me as much as you want. But the question is, you're not Mark Victor Hansen who did all these great things. I you're, hadn't done them yet. Okay. But right here in this climate, right? Because those distribution channels aren't there presently. So in this climate right now, in a pandemic, yes, step one, I got fast, write your book. Step two, pick your niche market, but you can't go out on stages. So what so, would you so, do? Your stages are podcasts. And right oh. now there are 2 million podcasts. Remember, I was talking to six or 10 or 20 or 30 people at a time. And over the first couple of years, I sold and the next book I wrote uh, was Future Diary. And then after that, I wrote uh, Dare to Win. And, and I ended up selling 360,000 copies of Dare to Win from the platform over a couple of years, just because that was the only way. And it was self-published. Nobody wanted it, particularly when I came to an audience, I didn't know it. Now, the difference between live speaking and, and Zooming or podcasting or Skyping is none, except that now, instead of talking to six or 10 people, your lowest podcast probably has a hundred to a thousand people. And you got to see that as a thousand people in the audience and don't do just one podcast, do four or five a day. And, and I'll just tell you that we're doing the same thing because there is, before the pandemic, we had audiences, big ones, because in life insurance business, curiously enough, one with 11,000 in Washington and one in 15,000 people in Florida and the public and the promoter calls up and said, Oh boy, I lost $5 million of closes on because of COVID. So we're out of business and I'm not hiring you and you're not getting any money. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyhow, you know, we had printed the book. So we immediately switched to podcasting and, and we now are doing podcasts multiple in America, Israel, Africa, Australia, um, Canada. I mean, you know, the podcast how many are you doing per day right now and per week uh, per day? rarely less than two and sometimes up to five, which is really a drain in the brain because each one is brand new and you can't, like, I don't know what you were going to ask before you ask it. I mean, now, some of you have been told by publishers say, well, you write out the questions you want them to ask and then you answer them this way with that. Wouldn't that be boring? I, I find it totally boring. I mean, you've had people send you their questions and you, what do you do? You throw them away if you're smart. I, I light them in flames first, just for fun. <laughs> Well, I come to you, you know, the, the great Methodist minister, the guy that was worth $200 million, the richest minister in America that started Methodism, John Wesley said, I light myself on fire and people right. come to watch me burn. He sounds like a pirate. Okay. <laughs> so number two, pick your niche podcast market. So what, what type I'm of podcast? So, so for example, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. So entrepreneurship, podcast, it might be your niche or women podcast might be your niche or spirituality podcast might be your niche. That's what you're talking about. That's good enough. Yeah. Where are you comfortable? Like I'm really comfortable as you know, I did all the mega churches and still would if they were open now, unfortunately they're not open. So I can't go talk at them, but you know, I feel comfortable there. I mean, I, I would have been a mega church guy if I hadn't been a motivational speaker. All right, I got to throw one little wrench into this this really cool uh, uh, next step. And that is, and I'm a podcaster. When pandemic started, a lot of us podcast hosts, and I'm friends with many uh, very successful podcasters, our, we were expecting our listenership to spike increase because everyone's stuck at home. In fact, what happened was the exact opposite. And it was across all the different platform niches. 
and there was a decrease and because people were now with their kids, they were focused on doing homeschooling things and they were just listening to less podcasts. I haven't checked in recently if that's still the case, but you believe and you're putting all your eggs in this basket that podcast is still the best distribution channel right now in this pandemic to get your book out there. Is that correct? No, two, and I'll go to the second one, but let's just do the podcast. My understanding is, yes, there are 2 million podcasters, so there's a niche for everybody somewhere, and, and little ones, and you get bigger and bigger, and your goal is to go to Joe Rogan's show, and he's you know, sold it for $100 million. I want to jump on that show and just curse with him, just for fun. Good. <laughs> go ahead. And, and by the way, I'm sure he'd let you do it. And, and uh, I mean, he's had everybody on. We, uh, my goal is to get on his show. And, and by the way, what did he do, though, this week? What he did is he says, I will have the presidential debates so the presidential candidates can sit on my show and argue with each other. And I thought, by the way, he, they'll never do it. It doesn't matter. You understand the publicity he got. And that's what I'm saying. You've got to be a great self-promoter. And whether he came up with the idea or staff did or some letter written to him by some ambient woman who said, look, this guy's hiding out. Why don't you bring them both on your show? Is that a brilliant idea? I like it. I think you ought to bring him on and I'm, say, hey, look, let's have a religious podcast between Trump and Biden. Listen, Biden's a broken Catholic. He should be on my broken Catholic show. Let's be real. Boy, do I agree with that. I, I, I shouldn't go there, though. <laughs> I'm tempting you. Bite the carrot. <laughs> I know, and I'm willing to bite. Okay, so the second way to do it nowadays is, is create a funnel, and that's where you make such massive value. If you go to my website in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have three or four funnels that'll sell, you know, my ask book, ask the bridge from your dreams, your destiny. It'll sell you have a book in you and it'll take you to the course. It'll have crystals, you know, pure uh, thinking for pure results and are also skinny life. We get a couple other things coming because remember I said, I don't care how you get to it. And then the third thing we'd say is that I told you, I sold 70,000 copies of, of chicken soup with the soul Bible at Walmart when I was told nobody would buy. But I made it purple, I made it non-threatening, and I did a little story to get in the big story. So we want to go back and try to do a whole brand new deal with Walmart. And, and you say, well, why is that? Well, Walmart is the biggest competitor of Amazon. Therefore, they will like those of us who figure out, but then you've got to figure out one more thing, back to marketing. You've got to do what, if I listen to the podcast by um, Will I Am, right, who became worth $4 billion because he put three epic events together. I can go listen to his interview with Steve Forbes, but it blew my mind. I said, all I did is his thinking. He went from being a poor kid. Now, remember, all of you out there, I started with zero. I was $2 million down when I started this whole thing. So I bankrupted before I started writing books and speaking. So I understand you can come from nowhere or less than nowhere. I was so low, you had to reach up, touch bottom. But it's thinking, like Napoleon Hill said, thinking grow rich. Thinking makes it so. And I'm saying every one of us can have epic ideas and why you need them is because everyone's in a cocoon and there's 30 to 50 million people. I really believe we have 50 million unemployed or underemployed people right now. And your book could be the one that helps break them through. And there are people that will read you that will never read me. And that's okay with me. There's more than enough. We've got 330 million Americans, but I'm telling you, if we really get good, let's start pushing at that 4 billion people that aren't able to read to get us, those of us to read, to teach them and get everybody to be able to read. And I don't care if it's Swahili, Hindi, Urdu, Urdu, Telgris. I don't care what the language is. I think that's a beautiful, worthwhile cause. Going back, because we're running out of time here, because we, oh, we are hitting. It would be short and not have, wouldn't have enough to say. 
We, that, I don't remember saying that personally. But, <laughs> all right. So our number three tip or strategy, we got fast write your book right now during the pandemic, Startup Nation. Stop whining. Even a little, even a little book. Mini even books. a little okay. book, right? Do, I, speaking of which, I saw, and I won't mention his name, but there is a Christian writer. He's in Africa. I had to track this guy down. He's like really hard to find. Anyway, his books, his uh, digital eBooks are on Amazon and they're coming up number one through five top selling books in each category for Christian men, for Christian women, et cetera, for Lutheran, et cetera. And his books are about 80 pages. They're mostly like prosperity type gospel stuff. They're the grammar's off because it's African and right, you know, and it's not perfect. It's not polished. He just executes and he's got all these best selling books. And part of his story is that he's killing it in Africa, selling all these books on Amazon. And he's owning the category of these short little snippet type books that are imperfect, uh, you know, broken grammar, etc. But his marketing is fantastic. Like his covers are really attractive. His his write up forwards are very like catchy, like I want that. And I'm like, man, I'm studying this guy. A little his bit. name and the title of the book so I can go look at him. I never this is what I mean. This is why you do podcasts because you learn how to find stuff that I couldn't find. I mean, you're my browser right now. And I'm your browser and you're your listeners probably. Exactly. So I literally am looking at his book covers and they're all very similar. And I'm like, this guy's owning all these niche categories. Like he's number one through five in every one of them that he's in. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to model the design, not copy, but I'm going to model. Okay. He does his, you know, his name at a certain font level, a uh, certain font type. Uh, he uses certain colors. What are the patterns there that I can duplicate and put into mind because the market is eating it up. I don't need to be right. I just want what works. No, no. Imitate until you can emulate, match, and surpass. You've got it exactly right. And, and back to your thing about the average American, according to what I heard just yesterday, listens to podcasts seven and a half hours a week because they're turning off all the negative news now and they're finding guys like you and others that, that will wind them. And right now, I think there's a, I think the word's pronounced dearth or darth of, of spirit uh, awareness because you can't go to church. So st shows like yours are on the ascent. Because people are going, look, if I can't get to church, I'm going to go watch Joseph. <laughs> Come to my broken Catholic church. Okay. So what was your third uh, tip or strategy? I pick my podcast niche. It, then it, what's the third? Create a funnel. So the, the book is the very top of the funnel. Today, you can sell it electronically and you can make sure um, the, the digital rights, uh, safety and security is all there. And then what is it you're going to sell that goes down? In, in my case, th this has a 12... Uh, videotape course that teaches you everything you could possibly want to know about speaking and there's an investment value. And then, you know, some people come to me and say, well, will you write the book with me? And I said, I'm really expensive. And we're doing, it turns out that I am doing one with a uh, deceased minister, probably. Uh, we've written a proposal and it looks like they're going to accept it because we're going to do exactly what that guy in Africa did because this guy used to teach prosperity. I thought the world of him, his kid came to me and said, look, I wrote this you know, what would you do to help me? He said, I, I don't want to market. I said, well, if I market, then I got to do it this way. And I had a bunch of conditions and they're just going through the conditions with their legal uh, team to see if they, they accept. So it's, it's really exciting because there, the possibilities back to all things are possible with God. Right. And, and there's possibilities in, in, and, and there's a lot of people that are teaching how the funnel works. Right. But you know what the funnel is, right? Where you I go do. through it and, and you create, higher and higher price products 
all the way to, there's guys out there making, nobody's, I don't want to name their names, but they don't have any name value and they're making 40, 50 million a year because they've just learned how to do it, but they start with the book. I agree. So a step three startup nation is send the listeners. When you go on the podcast, you pick your niche, you start getting interviewed, send those listeners to your funnel and on your website. Get the names, collect the names, collect give them the names, build your list. Because whoever had, remember, I learned this a long guy from the head of Amway, uh, Rich DeVos, back when I was training for Amway around the world. Is it, He said, whoever has the people controls the marketplace. That is so true. And that's all Joe Rogan did is he control and he controlled a little niche that if I didn't even know he controlled it. I mean, he was an MM uh, mixed martial arts narrator. Now I never watched mixed martial arts until the, ch- the world's champion and I, Daniel Puder undefeated, you know, I did his podcast. He and I became best friends. He's now doing universities and I'm one of his faculty members, which is you know, th- th- what I'm telling you is you write the book because it'll expand you the offers, the opportunities, the advancement, the promotion, the recognition, the credibility will just keep expanding and expanding. But you've got to be a mentee to a mentor. And I told you I was a mentor to 202 different people that all taught me all this stuff that expanded my brain. So I can't even shut up, which is what you told me to do a second ago. I did not. Nice way. (laughs) I I did it. It was very polished. It was very polished. So Mark Victor Hansen, your other book is Ask. You wrote it with your wife, Crystal. You were on my show, Broken Catholic. Startup Nation, go check that out. That episode was fantastic. Uh, So we're speaking with Mark Victor Hansen. You can find him at markvictorhansen.com. Mark Victor Hansen, part of that book, you said Ask Boldly. Ask for big things, big dreams. So Mark Victor Hansen, here's me, Joseph Warren, asking you, would you be willing to co-write a book with me or join me in some kind of book project and we'll discover what that is? Would you be willing to do that with me? Do you like me I'm enough? I'm open to the discovery because it's there to do. And, and, you know, because you are a man of faith and a man of tithing and charity, you know, we'll probably do it and, and we'll make oh, it. Oh, I'm looking for a Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. How was that? Was that easy enough? That was awesome. Look at that. Startup Nation, it actually works. Ask big, ask bold, and you may just get what you've been waiting for. Mark Victor Hansen, thank you for being on uh, First 100K. But before we go, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Yes. What is your favorite thing about marketing your own books? The end sale. What is your least favorite thing? That I can't write as fast as I want, as fast as I can think or dictate, and then it takes so much work to edit it. I mean, we edit five to seven times to try. Our books are really excellent. When they come out, if you get one of my books, chances of you finding a mistake grammatically or otherwise is pretty low. Not, not that people won't disagree or have a different belief than me, but they'll rarely find a mistake. What are you most afraid of? Not fulfilling my destinies and potential. Because I think, I think everyone's got intrinsically extraordinary potential and, and you've got to be passionately on purpose about every area of your potential. I am enamored by how many uh, major achievements that God has done in your life. And yet you still have this bigger, bolder vision of there's more. 
And that's just absolutely fantastic from an outside perspective looking in. I just want to share that with you. Well, what do you because God in you says to every one of us, there's more in you. Absolutely. And it's, it's not relying on our own strength, but relying on his. And that's where we're able right. to do these great, amazing things. What do you struggle with? I'll just give you a perfect one. Last night, my wife misplaced her phone and we spent an hour going crazy and thinking everywhere she'd been. Turned out we went to pray together because we pray out loud together for an hour. We sat in a place we never sit in our big house on, on a sofa and she looked down and she'd had a roll. She had a, a, a knee problem and had a roll and, and somehow the phone had slipped out of her pocket, went under our TV and, and it was a, an angel that told us where that TV was. So you struggle with not letting the angels fulfill what you want. Remember, it's asking you to see, we're asking like crazy, where is that phone? Because, you know, your phone is your lifeline. It's like blood, you know, it, it keeps you alive. And, and even our phones, which everybody's glued at some level to their digital device. <laughs> so asking and then not getting in the way of the answers. Yeah, we were in the way. And all of a sudden we sat where we never sat to pray together. She opened her eyes and she saw the phone how did it get there? It must How fall out of her pocket when she was rolling on the floor. Wow. What do you, do you currently spend way too much time doing in your marketing that maybe you shouldn't? I, okay. I got a good answer. I, I've never heard the question before and I love it. Um, is, is doing it myself. And we're, we just found somebody that we can export a lot of stuff to, which is if you won't do it, you got to have somebody else that can do it. And, 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 a, and, a, and give you a good ROI, return on investment. And that's where we look for two negatives equals a positive. What value can we bring to them and then help ourselves in the process? What secret fear do you have about people? Is that I always try to benefit them first before I ask for, to, to have them help me in some way. And is the fear that they may not reciprocate? No, a lot of them don't. A lot of people are takers and, oh and, uh, I, I, it's not just me. You go, Hey, wait a second. Look at, I'm giving you, you know, I'm of Danish descent. I'm a Danish American. We teach created smorgasbord and we created the word cell, which means to serve greatly in, in Denmark. Right. And you go, man, I've done this, 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 and this for you. And you've done this for me. And I, I name very famous names and you go, and, and the other thing is a lot of the people, even in the spiritual places, especially, thinking, yes. And, and you go, I really served this guy. And this guy said he had served me, but he has done zero. And you go, wow, that's too bad for him. Man, that, that's such a powerful thing. I could spend all day on that topic. Law of reciprocity. I hear from all these successful guests that I interview, just keep showing up and adding value to people. And it's all going to come back to you. And I'm like, that's not how my life looks. I don't know why. I want to believe it. But, but I, I think on the long term, it does show up. But in the short term, you get disappointed by a whole lot of people. It's like Jim Rowan said, there's only nine negative people in the world, but they move around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they must be circling my house. <laughs> what do you Mine too. <laughs> what do you... <laughs> uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner uh, in the book writing business? I wish I'd, uh, that I'd known what a funnel was. I wish that I had had the courage to even sell more than I did because, you know, when, when we started in the business, we were told, you know, a book, and then all of a sudden we could do a $10 package and a $100 package, and then 
it's like 25 years in before $25,000 packages came. And the first time we sold it, we were at, had 4,000 people in the audience with Bob Allen and I and written One Minute Millionaire. And 257 people say they'd pay that to travel with us around the world to do these exotic things, to climb Kilimanjaro, you know, to go to the, meet the warriors in uh, Kenya. And I thought, oh my gosh. I mean, this stuff that I wanted to do, and, and I wasn't letting myself do it, but suddenly I wrote her up, what would be the biggest dreams we could do? And we had like 20 of them and we'd go to Tahiti and, you know, swim with the sharks and this, all of which we did. And, and other people paid for it and helicopter around and just make it the most exquisite. And I wish I'd known that earlier because not that I'm not going to do it again. And that's why I want, I want the market to open up for all of us right now. We got to get, people need people and people want to have people like you and I be willing to take the courage to say, yeah, I'm going to sell this extraordinary package and then take everybody on a trip. I absolutely love that. Like create a dream bundle of your dream list of things to do and then put a dream price to it and see who bites. Like that's powerful. Pick three words to describe who you are now as a book writer and marketer. I'm an enthusiastic reader and writer. Got that. I picked that up in reading your books. Like your enthusiasm is contagious through the written word as oh, well as the spoken word. By the way, because I, I write it. So, you know, I, I go, God, I, I ask God to go through my fingers. And once in a while I read it and I go, wow, that is amazing. This guy is inspiring me. Who is this guy? Oh, it's me. I had to read this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you were before you wrote and marketed your first book. Scared, freaked out and broke. <laughs> Sounds like the name of a good podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> and last question, Mark. Uh, if you could come back to life after you die, tell your family and friends only one piece of advice about getting their story out to the world. What would you say to them? Write fast. Write fast, sell hard, baby. I love it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about uh, selling, writing, and selling their first 100,000 books. I, I, I want all of you to do it, but get a copy of this book by going to my website, look at this stuff, but then get one other person that you're going to mentor with. One and one equals power of 11. One can move 1,000, two can move 10,000, and help each other. But if, if, the, if, you, if it were to be known, if you could get somebody better than you that's already done what you want to do, like when I learned speaking, I got Chip Collins in, in the speaking business, Cabot Robert had written a multi-authored book and I said, wow, I could do a multi-authored book, you know, because if you can't do it, all you got to do is write a chapter and get a couple other people to write a couple other chapters, self-publish it today, which is really cheap, one or two dollars a book and then go sell for 10 or 20 and, and then start signing them. And pretty soon you get so excited, you'll be galvanized at the level of your spirit. You're going to be you. I want all of you to become unstoppable marketers. Mm, so powerful. Startup Nation, you have a book in, in you. You have a book in you. That's Mark's uh, new book. Go check that out. You can find it at markvictorhanson.com. If you're watching the video, you can see him waving it right now. Um, he's plugging. He's plugging, right? He's messing with my head right now. I'm seeing it. It's making me want it. Boom. And take his advice. Find that 
that book writing and marketing buddy or friend. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen just agreed live on this show to be my guy, to be my book buddy, which I really appreciate. Hopefully I could step up to that challenge and reciprocate value back to him. He's one of the greats and I'm honored, honored, absolutely honored and humble. I just hope I don't screw it up. Uh, you can find him at markvictorhanson.com. Mark, anything else you want to add? Otherwise, we're out of here, my friend. I'm just excited to see that every one of you is going to write a book. And if you don't believe you have the courage or the conviction to do it, when, whenever you sit down in front of the blank page, just believe that Joseph and I see more in you than you see in yourself. And God sees it too. And go get them. We want you, the world needs you to produce and fulfill your potential and be passionately on purpose. I got nothing to add to that. Have a blessed day, everyone. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.